Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very senior and accomplished professional from Melbourne, Australia, Mr. Bernie Kelly. Bernie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Bernie is a business transformation mentor and author. Um, he is involved in elevating business transformation leadership. And as I just said, he's an author. And all of you know, I'm very partial to authors. He's an <laughs> author of a book titled Leading Disruption with Grace. And we'll talk about his book later on uh, in our conversation. So Bernie, before we start talking about anything else, tell me about your own journey in brief. Yeah, um, it, it's always a great question. I think, you know, we were just chatting before about... Um, a lot of the people that listen to the podcast, how they're sort of looking forward on their journey. And right. so I sort of like to think about my journey in sort of three different phases. I um, had the really good fortune of working in large global corporates um, for the first phase of my career with companies like Kimberly Clark that were on mm. the good to great journey. Yeah. Um, some Australian, major Australian food and beverage businesses, um, the global business Diageo. And I really had the privilege and, and uh, benefit, I guess, of learning doing sort of quite significant work, but also learning from some wonderful mentors. And that was definitely my phase one. Correct. Uh, then my phase two, I was um, the CEO of a business transformation company that worked across Australia and Asia. Mm. And that that actually, um, we had a team leading sort of major change, major transformation programs. Mm. And one of my big ahas out of that, I guess, is just that recurring um, theme that the the fitness that the, the leadership team came to the transformation with had such a profound impact on the outcomes. Mm -hmm. And that actually has sort of moved into my third phase, which is actually more of a, um, yeah, supporting others to really lead their business transformations with, with, with grace and actually sort of working through this disruptive period. Mm -hmm. So now, now I'm sort of dedicated to being a mentor and facilitator for what I call the bright sparks of our future industries, the, the bold executives that are really trying to shape the future mm. and, and obviously the boards that are that are governing mm. governing our organizations. How wonderful. And Bernie, you also state that this cumulative impact of business transformation leadership capability is the strategic opportunity slash risk of our times. Help me understand yeah. this and give me an example if possible. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so it's based on a lot of research by um, EY and their global risk mm -hmm. survey. And just that the um if you look, so in their research, they actually talked about how over the last four or five years, most of the leaders surveyed, like nearly 90%, were mm -hmm. sort of saying they'd been involved in two or more business transformations in the last five years, which is not a surprise when you think about the technology that's mm -hmm. been turning over um, through that period. People have had to pivot and move industries and, and change mm -hmm. through uh, COVID and other things like that. So it's not that extraordinary that most of them have been through two or more Mm. sort of disruptions or transformation phases right. and nearly 70 percent of them actually acknowledged that they'd at least been through one what they called what the ernst and young research mm. called an underperforming transformation okay and in, in that underperforming transformation mm. all the research mm. of actually uh the emotional uh burden and mm. the weight of that so really the interesting the interesting insight is when you start to look across this decade that every time you're leading an underperforming transformation, the, there's a downward step 
that your um, organization's fitness, mm. your organizational mm. fitness goes through. And that obviously accumulating sort of becomes a harder and harder uh, challenge for the mm. people to, to get back on track and a bigger and bigger risk. Very interesting. And, uh, you know, let's talk transformation. How do you define the word transformation? There is, yeah, this is a great conversation, right? It's because it, it is about continue. So I sort of look at it through two mm. sort of different lenses. One, one of them is actually evolving, evolving at the pace to remain relevant. So that's mm. actually where you are um, in a high-performing organization that actually is relevant mm. to its industry. And that one requires sort of uh, that evolutionary pace to sort of be leading the market. Mm. The other one is actually where every now and again, people are off track. From that relevance or they do need the twitch and it is actually about being able to lead through a revolution to be able to get back to relevance mm. and those two are the only effective paths of transformation mm. the, the other like in the ladder of things below those um are people that are sort of declining in their organizational capabilities and mm. market relevance mm. and when you talk about uh, a business transformation leader do you yes. look for certain kinds of skill sets uh, in such an individual? Yeah, so it's really fa- so it's really this is a really fascinating thing is and like listening to your um, you know your career, you you know that you've led business transformations through your mm-hmm. you know, your career, and you can sort of think about that. That actually, I, I I deal with business transformation leaders from around the world, and the recurring pattern is not actually which function they come from because. Actually, my observation is that there's many people who are leading, successfully leading business transformation came out of very tech-centric, very operational-centric, very financial-centric, very sort of um, HR change management-centric, and all of those different sort of fields that mm. people come out of. But the the thing in common is the the transdisciplinary view that they're actually trying to um, trying to make a systemic change, that they're trying to um, look at a holistic way, and Therefore, they are those people that are um, concerned about how to actually make all things come together mm. and, and achieve that sort of step that's needed. Mm. Interesting. But, you know, uh, when I was preparing for my conversation with you, uh, it was interesting to read about transformation. And it is often said change plus growth equals transformation. Yes. yes. I want to get your perspective. Yeah, no, that, and I, I thank you for sharing that quote. It, it, it is. Um, the word that I sort of typically use is actually more about the relevance, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you actually are sort of um, keeping, because from a sustainable transformation point of view, mm-hmm. there is about the actual the market relevance, and that actually is the strategic topic nowadays. And if you go through different industries, um, you know. Consumer trends are changing. Mm. The technology that's possible, the op- the opportunities and challenges are changing. So actually, being able to um, connect back to those is the true transformation to a different form that continues to remain relevant. Mm-hmm. But the other aspect also, and I've seen this, you know, in the corporate world, and I'm yeah. sure you work with so many leaders. Most people like status quo or status yes. quo ante. Yep. How do you persuade leaders to transform? Yeah, so th- this is a, this is a great question. And you know, the reality is, I think that um, the longer I've been in the game, just acknowledging the fact that you can't persuade mm-hmm. leaders to transform. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean by that is, you actually, 
the leaders who lead transformation, actually giving them, creating the space for them to actually come to it themselves. Mm. Because I think that, you know, and, and you think about this, in, if you think about you, know, you or your listeners, think about this in our own lives, there are patterns that I've had that have been useful for me. Mm. And when I see that they're no longer useful for me, mm. that actually is when I can change that. So a lot of the, the deeper psychology work now is actually um, being able to help leaders to see patterns that no longer serve them. Mm. And when you see patterns that no longer serve you, it makes internally it makes a lot of sense for you to actually move. Mm. And then once you're moving, you're actually on that transformation path. Mm. And when you work with so many different organizations, uh, can you share with us, no names, of course, uh, on some of your challenges and some of your learnings? Way too many learnings, right? Because I'm, I'm a continual learner, so there's all, lots and lots of learnings. Yes. One one learning is that I think um, that it's for for true or for effective business transformation. It's absolutely essential that there is um, that all the centres of business transformation are engaged. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, being understanding that the bright sparks of your future industry are engaged, mm-hmm. that the bold executive engaged, but also the board. That those right. three centers of gravity are, are involved in owning and governing and driving and bringing the energy to the um, to the to the whole business transformation. That actually is a is a must. Mm. And I sometimes see where uh, people employ someone and expect them to do to carry the yards, but it really is a it's a team effort. Mm. And uh, at what stage of a company's uh, life cycle when if people do decide to transform are you called in to help and support yeah yeah no that's a great question so over the years i actually um i had the good fortune as i sort of talked about right at the start yeah. um to be lead, to be involved in mm-hmm. companies that were world class and, and really leading them within the world right. in their different things so that so that sort of real good to great um ambition is mm-hmm. definitely a major theme of mine and then actually um in in the book I wrote in 2020 called Traction, the uh, Four Practices of Change Fit Leadership Teams, mm-hmm. I actually sort of went through and sort of through a lot of research and engagement with other people's research, you know, what are the actual um, change fitness levels? Mm-hmm. Like imagine like at the top, there's actually those who are shaping industries mm-hmm. and the very bottom would be collapsing mm-hmm. or avoiding the inevitable of collapsing just above that. And that real turnaround end um is not my preference. The real preference is those who are embracing change. So the more the top end of the change fit ladder, mm. but they're embracing change, they want to actually leverage their capabilities to for global impact, mm. and mm. that they actually are keen to be contributing to shaping their industry mm. and then a better world. And you know, I was also seeing that when there is a merger or an acquisition, yeah, the company that is being acquired goes through or their employees have to go through the most significant transformation because they're being subsumed into another organization. If you've handled any of these, what have been some of your learnings from such an acquisition and how how does the acquired company handle transformation? This is a profound question and, and you know it, right? Like, so mergers and acquisitions, all, all the statistics sort of show that that's a, it's a high risk game and, there's a long, long track record of unsuccessful right. um, outcomes or not meeting targeted outcomes of mergers and acquisitions. And, and I think from experience and the, the being the acquirer and 
not bringing too much ego to the game is actually the, the one of the real hard-earned lessons. I think that it's easy when you're the acquirer that you and I sort of have that ego thing going and, and how to actually be um, uh, – how to really learn from the, the other company and be open to that and not just transplanting everything that you actually go, well, hey, you know, the company that we're acquiring is actually – has skills they've got perspectives they've got insights they've got talent mm. how do we actually open up for that and i think that being a leader uh, practicing that is, it's hard work right because we can intellectually say it but really opening up to that Correct. is actually hard work Correct. and that actually is um yeah leaning leaning into that that openness mm. openness particularly being led by the acquiring firm mm. is a key Right. Well said. One more question on transformation, and then I want to move to your book. Yeah, and this yeah, yeah. question, uh, Bernie, is on culture. Um, you know, culturally, we are all different. Based yes. on how we may have been brought up, uh, based on which country we belong to, based on what is the culture of the organization. Yes. How do you handle culture, and what is its impact on transformation? Yeah. So we all we all bring we all bring different priorities and different backgrounds and so much understanding and and I think that actually trying to lead positively in culture is is a very humbling humbling practice right because mm-hmm. the reality is that um, the more I know the more I know I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that actually sort of leading with that um, that curiosity and the inquisitiveness of other cultures and what they bring to the table is actually mm-hmm. 100% fundamental in this that actually that I go, well, you know, I wonder what you know. I, I like looking at you know, all your achievements, Ash, and just thinking about those that like there's just so many things that we could be sort of uh, talking about. Hmm. And I think that, you know, that curiosity of people is sort of really fundamental to get a culture, hmm. to be able to understand a culture. And I, I can, if I'm honest with you, I can look back uh, at times over the years where I probably assumed too much. I've assumed my cultural mm-hmm. priorities on and onto situations okay. or I've assumed um, my uh, yeah what what matters to me onto situations and not taking the time to really mm-hmm. engage and understand that mm-hmm. and I think that actually is um, something that we we, we all are con- on a continuous learning I'm, I'm so excited about this modern era just how much um, how much more uh, you can learn about the world compared to what we could have years ago like I know, when I think back when I was starting my career, I had the good fortune to be in global companies and I learned so much from other people there. But yep. really, um, now you can be continually learning, right? As you were sort of saying, even great podcasts like this, you can be dabbling and sort of understanding other cultures and mm-hmm. the wisdom that other brings. One of my, um, yeah, one of my real pet interests is actually learning from the from wisdom from you know, cultures. And India's got a, an amazingly deep history of uh, wisdom and sort of, you know, and, and actually what can we learn from that is one of, that's a, one of my hobbies actually, I guess, okay. just trying to build up that sort of thing. Well, that's very interesting to know. So, so, uh, and we, we, you know, once we finish, I want to tell you about my new book coming out, which is uh, very different, Wonderful. but let's move to your book, uh, Bernie, Leading Disruption with Grace. And before I ask you a question, I'm going to ask all of you and listeners to go and check out Bernie Kelly's book on Amazon, Leading Disruption with Grace. I will go and check it out myself. 
So, Bernie, tell yeah, me a little the, bit the about. Call that should be that I actually not put. It won't be on Amazon until uh, about July. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. So I've actually got it um, in, in a pre pre form where I'm definitely talking about it with clients and um, and there are people in my network and that I plan to I'm, I'm going to actually complete it and have it ready for Amazon, etc. Okay, um, in that, in that next quarter. So it will be ready in July, August. So I will encourage all of you to go and check out the book. But tell me a little bit about the book and what was your hypothesis when you decided to write it? Yeah. So so I've um I've been a practitioner in this sort of space for about thirty years now, but just it just keeps going on, right? Yeah. Uh, It is fascinating, and and that whole time I've been um really curious and probably a little bit obsessed about how to um. There's been phases of my life where reliable excellence has been a thing. Was I had like had large supply chain operations, um, IT integration type of roles. Mm. But then, just the observation that with all the complexities going on strategically, how do we, how do we be sort of fit for that? And then, as I said, that period of my life where I was um, doing business transformation consulting, mm. actually sort of seeing that many teams were not fit to be able to ex- execute their own strategy. Mm. So that sort of I, I, that match fitness observation has been uh, was in my 2020 book, but then since then I've also been um, going even way deeper onto actually how do you build the match fitness across the organisation so that the board have got the match fitness, the exec team have the match fitness, and then also that you've engaged you know the the energy, the right energy in your organisation to be able to follow it through. Mm-hmm. So my my obsession is actually about how to help leaders deliver on their vision mm. and actually um, sort of see that happen. Mm. And, you know, so we've just finished talking about transformation and your book is Disruption. How do you differentiate between disruption and transformation? Yeah, I I, um, I differentiate it uh, as actually the, um, the, the disruption there's a lot more intention with transformation that you're actually bringing your intention to the change mm. where disruption happens to me mm. right so actually i get disrupted and i think that actually in this era and that all the research that you know i've done a lot of research um, with organizations and also other people's research secondary research in preparation for this book the the level of disruption uh, external factors is actually mm. on the rise as, mm. as we know mm. right so actually um, all leaders are dealing with not only their intended changes but also lots of ex- external factor disruptions mm. that's an ongoing mm. An ongoing thing. So actually, being able to uh, be centered in yourself and being able to be clear in how you're feeling and thinking mm-hmm. um, are actually sort of key key things to being leading disruption with grace. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. I have time for one more question, and this question, Bernie, is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your own amazing journey from the corporate world to uh, you know starting off on your own as a transformation guru, um, writing your own book, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your journey and from our conversation? Yeah, I think there's a lot of power for your listeners in thinking through um, the different time perspectives. Mm -hmm. There's things that are really important to me if I look at it from just, you know, the next week. Mm. But but actually sort of looking at it through multiple perspectives. So I, I really would encourage 
I do encourage people to actually think about things from a 10-year perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I dropped out into the thousand days. That's sort of just over the three-year classic strategic mm-hmm. window, which yeah. um, a lot of us use for organisations, but we can use for yeah. ourselves as well. Yeah. And then the and then the quarterly or the hundred-day planning mm-hmm. cycle, which is really good for implementing mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. new things. Mm-hmm. And using that sort of um, those different time perspectives gives as a more rounded view of what really matters to us. So I think that's actually a really powerful mm. takeaway. Mm. Fascinating. And on that note, and you know, what an amazingly powerful book you've given us, which is think through time perspectives, you know, five, where will where will I be or where will my business be or where will a relationship be five years from now, 10 years from now? And then you drilled it, you know, drilled it down further to say, where would you be thousand days from now one month from now, you know, and we could yes. actually build perspectives in very, very short, bite-sized time zones as well. But I think what's a very important the message you've given to everyone is how important it is to build perspectives. Yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Bernie, for talking to me about your amazing journey, about uh, transformation. I learned many, many new things from you today about transformation. Thank you also for talking to me about your book, Leading with Leading Disruption with Grace, which you said will be out in July, August. Um, and I look forward to reading the book when once it's out. Thank you Thank for speaking you. to me and good luck. Thank you very much. Pleasure to speak. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.